be very informative and helpful uh, for some New Testament believers today. You know, we're talking about breaking out, and we're not going to take time to go to Micah, but the one, uh, the Bible says in Micah that the one who breaks out will go before you. Amen. I believe that's the tandem of God and Jesus. Amen. Because they do go before us, and they make crooked places straight and rough places smooth. But uh, I want to deal with something today that has captured my attention and is something that I am personally working on in my own Christian development. And so I hope that it is fruitful for you as it is for me, because this is a big part of what I'm fasting over and who I'm desiring to become every day of my life. So with that in mind, I'd like you to go to Mark chapter six. Amen. And uh, we're going to look at some other scriptures parenthetically. I don't believe I'll be long today, but I do believe that the principle I'm going to teach you is very, very rich and very, very fruitful. Amen. Over in Mark, I should have said chapter six, Mark chapter six and verse number 14. Put your Bible divider in Mark six, because that's really where we're going to be drawing our points and conclusions from. So you will be flipping back to Mark six at some point. But over in Mark chapter six, amen, there is an intriguing question that arises for me when I read Mark chapter 6, verse number 14. Now, the hymn in this verse is Jesus, capital H. And Herod is the king at that time uh, who has recently beheaded John the Baptist. And King Herod heard of Jesus. The Bible says, now King Herod heard of him. For his name, Jesus' name, had become well known. And he said, that is King Herod, John the Baptist is risen from the dead. And therefore, these powers are at work in him. Others said it's Elijah. And others said it is the prophet or one like the prophets. But then Herod said it twice. He said something again, and sometimes the children of darkness are all time more wiser than the children of light. Here it teaches Christians something. He comes back a second time and says, but when Herod heard, heard the banter, heard what everybody else was saying about Jesus, the Bible says Herod heard this. He said, this is John, whom I beheaded. He has been raised from the dead. I want to ask a thought-provoking question as a subject today. And before I ask this question, lest I get pinned to the wall by any great theologian out there, let me first confess we are not a cult. Uh, we are not in any ways presupposing that we are the son of the living God ourselves and that anybody in here is able and or capable or worthy to die for the sins of others, how many you know there's only one Jesus? Amen. So that's a very important preceding statement because I never want any message that I teach or preach to you to be perceived in error. Amen. We talked about teaching sound doctrine, right? So that's my foundational statement. But I do have a good thought-provoking question. Today I want to ask every Christian in the room as you start off another year, as you get ready to break four, and man, if this don't bless nobody else, I'll be enjoying myself for the next hour. I promise you that. I want to ask the question today, could you be accused of being Jesus? <laughs> could you, Christian? 
be accused of being Jesus. I'm saying when people look at you, do they see a direct reflection of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God? Because again, Herod teaches us that. Herod is from the world, and read it again, verse 14, when Herod heard of what Jesus was now doing in John the Baptist's absence. By this time, Jesus had restored Jairus' daughter to life. By this time, Jesus had healed the woman <laughs> with the issue of blood. Are y'all still here? By this time, a demon-possessed man had been cured, and Jesus had healed a paralytic, and all kinds of unclean spirits had gone out of people because of Jesus. Jesus had done a lot by Mark chapter 6, yet when King Herod heard of Jesus, the Bible says Jesus' name became so well known, and he said that this is John the Baptist. He said that the Jesus that is getting all these miracles done, the Jesus that's causing blinded eyes to open, the Jesus that has good mental health and good temperament, the Jesus that is walking and healing himself, he said that this man, John the Baptist, is the Jesus that I see, which gives me the theological leverage to ask you a question. Do people ever accuse you of walking in the same manner as Jesus walked? Do people ever accuse you of being Jesus? Or you could say, do people ever accuse you of being like Jesus? Everybody say, this is my come up message. <laughs> Amen. Those of you who don't care to be like Jesus, you can sleep on this one. But I am talking to some people that want some victory this year. I believe if it was anybody that was vindicated and validated and broke out, it was Jesus. He did it in three years. I don't think churches preach enough about Jesus. I think that we miss something when we're trying to grow a church because Jesus himself said, if I be lifted up from the earth, he said, I'll draw all men unto me. We need to get back to preaching the cross, preaching Jesus, preaching the Holy Ghost. So y'all still here? And we need to get back to preaching Christian character. And my teaching question of the day is, could you be accused by this world of being Jesus? The Bible says that uh, in verse number 16, he said it again, when Herod heard what others were saying. In fact, Elijah shows up in this as well. Some people were accusing Jesus of being Old Testament Elijah. That's a compliment to Elijah. Others accused him of being one of the prophets. That would be a compliment to Jeremiah and the rest of the prophets. But Herod, and the New Testament church said it twice. He said that this is John, whom I beheaded. He has been raised from the dead. As a result, Jesus, or Herod rather, accused Jesus of being John. And he accused John of being Jesus. Good God Almighty. Is this good this morning? <laughs> Same power. Different man. Can I walk through this, this revelation a little bit? I said, same power. Different man. Oh, I hope when I die and go to heaven, should the rapture tarry and the Lord delay is coming. I hope that somebody could say, man, I seen him raise the dead. Just like Jesus did. <laughs> we going somewhere. I, I seen somebody blind come to the service one day, and they started seeing when he laid hands. 
just like Jesus did. I, I hope somebody will be able to say that uh, he clothed the naked and he put pregnant moms in the house. He, he, what he did unto the least of them, he did it just like. I want to be like Jesus when I grow up. So, Michelle, that's, that's what I've been fasting over. If I could let you in my secret corridor, I'm excited about the church seven prayer points, but I'm telling you what I'm praying over the most, what I'm dealing with the most is, Father, Jesus, big brother, Bible does say he's our elder brother, how can I be more like you? I want to be more like you in my character. Amen. Jesus was not married, did not have a wife, but he is, amen, the husband of the church. So I want to be a husband like you are to the church, to my wife. Are y'all listening to me? I want to be a good, bigger brother in the Lord to the people of God. I want to be a good shepherd. Jesus was the best pastor that ever lived. The Bible described him as the good shepherd. And it is a high compliment. Boy, I'm enjoying this message. It's a high compliment to John the Baptist that he would be accused by the world of being Jesus. Can we read John the Baptist's resume momentarily? Amen. John the Baptist was so dynamic, y'all, that Jesus himself referred to John the Baptist as being such an outstanding person that there is nobody who ever lived quite like him. Where do you get that from, Pastor Rogers? You all can stay in Mark chapter 6. But notate Matthew 11 and 11. The Bible says, Assuredly I say to you that those born to a woman, that is, among human beings, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Did Jesus say that about John? I said, did Jesus say that about John? Now let's ask a better question. Could Jesus say that about you today? Could Jesus say that about you, or are you still trying to find a reason to be able to have a wine cooler every now and again? I mean, boy, it gets quiet on the good points. Could Jesus say that about you, or do you still have a trucker that drives through once a month, my sister? Would the world say that about you, or do you still tithe once a quarter? That's all I'm pushing on a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Someone said, what does a trucker mean? Yes, you get in sexual sins every so often because you got an itch that needs to be fulfilled. I wonder if Jesus got in sexual sins. I wonder if Jesus would say some of the things that Christians say today. I wonder, I wonder if Jesus would be like that. I wonder if Jesus would be so short-fused with his biological children as you are with yours. Your son don't want to talk to you. Your daughter can't get next to you. Husband's afraid of you. Wife is timid when you come around. I wonder if that's the disposition that Jesus carried. I wonder if that's who Jesus was. I wonder what Jesus' character was when he walked the earth. I wonder what Jesus' reputation was when he walked the earth. Last I checked, in three years, Jesus had no scandal. He had nothing connected to his name that was of ill repute. Jesus was a stand-up Christian, and I think at the beginning of another year, we ought to all be asking ourselves a very important question, and that is, how does the world perceive of us? It's okay if they persecute you. 
See, I don't care if the world gets mad because I got money. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But boy, I could teach this one myself. Amen. LeBron James got money, but they don't get mad at him. You follow where I'm coming from? The only people the world don't want to have money, amen, is the church and pastors. Amen. Are y'all listening to me? Yeah. So I'm not studying the world's persecution for where I live and what I drive. Amen. Nobody's going to ever tell me what kind of suit to wear. Y'all ain't saying nothing. What kind of jewelry to put on. Somebody say amen. Because I don't wear that with God's money. So persecution is one thing. But what I'm asking the church today, because I know some people will be streaming in. I'm saying, who do men say that you are? <laughs> Same question that was asked to Brother Peter that Herod answers. And the disciples, Jesus said, who do men say that I am? They gave the exact same answer. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you are Elijah. Some say you are the prophet. In those times, even months and days and years after Jesus' baptism and inception, and I'm saying John the Baptist has now been dead in some of these cases, a strong two and a half plus years, yet they are still accusing Jesus of being John the Baptist. So I think it's a very good theological question, and I don't think I'm preaching heresy this morning. I am not David Koresh. Somebody say amen. amen. I am not Jim Jones telling you go some drink some Kool-Aid. Amen. Right. You are not the son of the living God, but you are sons of God. <laughs> Bible says in Exodus chapter 7, verse number 1, God said to Moses, he said something so poignant. Y'all put it on the screen. This is just coming out of my heart. The Bible says it so well. He says uh, to Moses, he says, see, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. Are y'all here? Y'all, is this in the Bible? And this is Old Testament. Moses, I've empowered you so much. I put so much authority on you. I put so much know-how on you. My God, your staff can turn into a snake. Are y'all getting this? My God, you speak judgment over an area. Man, the, the water will turn to blood. Frogs will come out of the kneading bowls. Nice lice will get in the enemy's hair. I wonder if we really know who we are. He said, I've made you as God. Are y'all looking at the same Bible I'm looking at? So you mean to tell me God has made you as God and you're going to walk around like a peon all of 2024? You're going to back up to anything the devil tries? Come on, this means war. Does it really mean war, or is that just Sunday morning? Are you going to leave church today and get the victory 24-7 next week? Are you really going to put the devil in his place, or is he going to beat your brains out another week? I said, does anybody ever accuse you of walking in the same power as Jesus? Romans 8 and 11 says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead quickens your mortal body. Same power he walked in. You ought to be walking in. Am I doing okay this morning? Is it in the Bible or did I just make this up? Am I preaching heresy or am I preaching the word of God? Does the word of God show us where the world accuses John the Baptist of being Jesus? Among those born of a woman, Jesus said, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus said, among those born of a woman, that there has not risen one Greater than who? John the Baptist. Amen? Are you all still here? There has not risen one greater than who? John the Baptist. You know what your friends ought to be saying about you? I don't know nobody who walks in that level of power. 
I don't know nobody who I can call when I got a headache and they'll get rid of it over the phone. Man, my grandmother was sick with cancer, and I called that lady, and boy, she prayed. She didn't call Pastor Gabe. I'm saying the member prayed. She took authority over that cancer, and my grandmother has been healed ever since because, y'all, that's the dinner bell of Christianity. That's how we get people into the kingdom of God. It's not just about the pastor walking in power. Somebody shout, I got power too. Are you all still here? How many of y'all know the devil wants some juice to go down the wrong pipe so you don't hear this lesson? But I got more power than the devil's want to myself. Hallelujah. And I'm asking you today, have you ever been accused of being Jesus? (laughs) Somebody say amen. Have you ever been accused of being Jesus? Has anybody ever looked at you and said, now that's a Christian. If I ever met a Christian, that's a Christian. If I ever met somebody, that's a Christian. I'm reminded, amen, comedically, uh, uh, when I was a senior in high school, I still remember things from 30 years ago. And I, I remember, amen, uh, my football coach, we, we had a, a bonfire ceremony at the end of the season. And this is when all of us were graduating and would be going away for college. And, of course, I went almost 1,000 miles away from where I lived. Somebody say amen. And, you know, I was one of those kids that had to explore, amen. <clears throat> I'm glad I did. That's how I got to Charlotte. That's how you got your pastor. Say amen. Yeah. So I went away, but uh, we had this bonfire, and it was, it was kind of touching because this would be the last time we would see our coach. And I, I love John Scoville. He's in heaven now, I, I, I believe, and thank God for him. But he was such a role model to me. Amen. And uh, we were having a bonfire, and I'm saying, do people accuse you of being a Christian? And uh, everybody would have to put a piece of their equipment in the fire because it was symbolic of leaving behind some stuff, leaving behind the past, and now you're moving forward. Then you had to have words. And we were all quiet, and finally Coach got to have his words to wrap it up. And out of all his words, he finished up here, memory served me right. He said, uh, and I want you guys to know, amen, that I have a daughter. And I have a daughter, amen, and if there were any of you that I would want to marry my daughter. He looked over at Gabe Rogers and he said, that'd be the guy. He said, I would want him. He said, I would want him to marry my daughter. And I said it was comedic because it was a little uncomfortable. Okay, coach, it's kind of weird, <laughs> but I'll take it. It's weird, that is weird though, yeah. But it was a compliment. Because I watched this young man in high school. I watched him be outstanding. Come on, young people. Come on, Jeff. I watched him choose, amen, Christ over marijuana. When the other young guys would go out and smoke a little marijuana uh, uh, before game day. I watched him be a stand-up. I watched him pray before games. I watched him make conscientious decisions to be a Christian even at that age and stage. All I'm trying to say is when the world looks at you, do they say of those born of a woman, there is no person I know as outstanding than this brother right here. I've not met anybody like him. I don't know anybody like him. 
I got dear, dear friends of mine who are in heaven. I think of my dear, dear pop ghoul, amen, who even posthumously, amen, who is now in heaven now. Love him, love him, still love him. Can't wait to see him again. But let me tell you something about Pastor Ghoul in the city of Charlotte and beyond, amen. I was in Phoenix, Arizona not long ago, and he had preached in the same venue that I was at. And uh, even, even in all of those spaces, his name to this day is still gold. Are y'all listening to me? Would people accuse you? It's quiet. I don't care if you don't like this message, because you'll never come up in God until people can accuse you of being a Christian. You know, I'm tired of excuse Christianity. I'm tired of 16 different reasons why you can't walk holy. 16 different reasons why you can't walk in authority. 16 different reasons why you can't get in your come up season. Are you going to go another year in the same stagnated position, same spot, no victory, can't overcome nothing, a hangnail makes you depressed? My God, John the Baptist was out there preaching and eating locusts for a substance, wearing all kinds of garments just to get by, yet preached to thousands of people every day. He was a giant in the faith, and that's why the world was able to look at Jesus himself and say, when I see Jesus, I see John. My question is, when people see you, do they see Jesus? Oh, hallelujah. My legacy will be for the rest of my life and the rest of my ministry. People may come, people may go, but I tell you what, they'll always be able to say about Pastor Rogers when they watch this tape 72 years from now, hallelujah, and I'm in heaven. Let me tell you what they will be able to say. Oh, yeah, he did that now. Now, he loved God. Oh, yeah, that man loved God. Oh, he preached that gospel. Oh, he did not care who was in office. He didn't care who came, who went. He stood on Christ the solid rock. Yeah, lies a Christian. No, he did what he said he would do. Can people accuse you? Can they accuse you of keeping your word? Or do you just throw your word out there like anything? Many of you can't have faith because you can't believe the things that you say. Mark 11 and 22 uh, on down to 24 talks about that uh, you will have the things you say, but it says you will have the things you say in parentheses because you can believe the things, not that God said, that you said. Do people accuse you of being a Christian? Y'all, I'm not puffing myself up. But I remember some years ago, and this is very funny, <clears throat> had a family member, a man that, that called, and kept calling, called frantically. This was probably 20 years ago. Amen. Called fran frantically. Amen. And the uh, and phone kept ringing. And evidently, I, I finally picked the phone up. And they were breathing and gasping for breath. And they said, my God, I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I, t I caught you. I, I said, what's going on? What's going on? They said, I'm glad I caught you because I thought the rapture had happened because I couldn't find you. I, do you have that effect on people? Are you all still here? Do people look at you as their frame of reference? You know what should have happened during COVID? Folks should have took masks off because you was walking around without a mask. Folks should have been believing in the power of God because you was demonstrating the power of God. Amen. People ought to not be walking in fear because you're not walking in fear. All I'm asking this morning is, is, Whose frame of reference are you? 
The Bible backs this principle up in 1 Peter chapter 2. Are you enjoying this little word today? Amen. Let's go straight to the living Bible. Amen. In fact, New American Standard Bible, I send it to you, sound booth. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 11 <clears throat> through 12, the Bible says it so well. It says, Beloved, I urge you as foreigners, 1 Peter 2 and 11, I urge you as foreigners and strangers to abstain from fleshly lust, which wages against the soul. How many of you know we got to give some stuff up in 2024? Is that true? And look at verse number 12. And the Bible says, keep your behavior how? What kind of behavior should a Christian have? Keep your behavior how? Hey, no, we pay on time. Because we keep our behavior what? We make a vow. We, we keep it. Amen. We keep our behavior excellent. Excellent. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? The Gentiles are the world. Keep your behavior in a manner by which the world would want to buy into Christianity because of you. The Bible says we are a living epistle. Amen. There's an old song, amen, uh, uh, back in the 80s, and some of you may know it, some of you may not. It never made it big on the, on the stage, but uh, I remember, amen, uh, being in San Diego, California, and, and we, we kind of, I think maybe all but uh, recorded this song for one of the conferences we was at, that, that during our musician days. And, and uh, it was a song called, You're the Only Bible Some Will Ever Read. And we need that revelation. Paul said we're living epistles. It can't be my, me, my foreign no more. It, it's got to be that at a certain point, I got to be determined. Paul said it this way, that I should not be a stumbling block to my brother or sister. Can I just shore up KCC for a little bit? Not that I'm concerned, but what happens when you fall out of church? Who else stumbles because you stumble? Who is fighting internally to stay with God because you left God? Are you all listening to me? I should never forget, I've been in two emergency landings, and I was flying up to New Jersey some years ago, and uh, the, the plane took a nosedive, dip. I could tell there was some trouble in the camp. Boom! Such a nosedive that the stewardess, the velocity of the lift, took her up to the ceiling. Amen. She hit the ceiling of the plane. I knew that plane was damaged. I knew that plane was in trouble. There was a mayday on that plane. This is a true story. Amen. And this is when it got critical and got crucial. It was when the stewardess started crying in front of everybody, demonstrating that this is a real problem. I believe those people would have stayed calm if she had stayed calm, but because they knew that the experts were openly indicating that this was an issue, how many of y'all know that we knew that there was some trouble? They called in a mayday. They called an emergency landing. Thank God we landed. Amen. Folk got burned with coffee. Ambulances were waiting on us when we landed. This is a true story. But the, the moral of this story is when all of the people who should be maintaining composure lose their composure, that's how we know we're in trouble. 
And I'm saying that the Gentiles ought to be able to look at us and know that we got so much composure in a world that's going down. It's perilous times, but it ain't perilous times for us. The flood has nothing to do with us. We're the head and not the tail. We're above only and not beneath. Somebody shout hallelujah. We are walking in authority. And what can man do to us? Somebody give God praise because you got the same power. What kind of Christian you going to be this year? What kind of Christian you going to be the rest of your life? You going to always have a manzy pansy testimony about how life happened to you? Or are you going to run through troop and leap over walls? I said, are you going to have a manzy pansy testimony? Or are you going to run through troops and leap over walls? If you're going to leap over some walls, leap up and give God a shout of praise in this place today. Don't ask your neighbor nothing. I'm asking you something. Take your seat. What kind of Christian are you going to be this year? And I'm going to be a good pastor, and so don't take what I'm about to say the wrong way because I will hear it. I will counsel you. I will love you. But I'm telling you, some of you grown-up people in the Lord, I don't want to hear it this year. I'm saying get the pacifier out your mouth. You still a babe in the Lord? How long are you going to be a babe? You've been saved 25 years, and you still can't figure out the fact that God is not giving you the spirit of fear, but that of power, love, and a sound mind. Now ask your neighbor this question. Say, where's your power? I'm walking around here like we don't have no power. Somebody say amen. And visitors, you take this however you want. If you go to a powerless church or you're trying to find a church of power, come on over here, get some power, let your salary double in one year, come and learn how to cast the devil out, come and fellowship where there is some power. Somebody say amen. Because he said let your behavior be excellent in front of the Gentiles. And this is so good. Don't worry about the persecution. I'm not studying persecution. This is so good. He says, so that in the thing in which they slander you as an evildoer. Man, if they slander you because you bought you a nice Mercedes Benz and you earned that money, honestly, drive it past their house. <laughs> Honk the horn and invite them to come out and sit in it. I didn't evade taxes to buy this. Are you all listening to me? Hardworking man. Amen. Make sure they pull up against you, pull up next to you. You won't have to. God will make sure. Oh, quote the Bible. He prepares a table. Come on, vindication. Come on, validation. You got to have some enemies so you can eat right. He's going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Don't stop reading. And, baby, you're going to be blessed right there. Your cup is going to run over in front of somebody that didn't want you to have it. So he said, don't worry about how they slander you as an evildoer when you've not done anything wrong. I never understood why people are so bothered by persecution. Are y'all listening to me? I said, I never understood it. I don't read persecuting letters. We don't get a ton of them. We get more encouraging letters at this ministry. I thank God for that. But I imagine the bigger we get, yeah. And we've gotten some. People write, amen. They don't get to me, just in case you're watching. <laughs> They've never, I don't read them. My team knows. If it starts off with, I love Pastor Rogers, but there's one thing I want to say. There's something called shredders. Amen. Y'all know we on Fox TV every day at 730 because we pay the bill. 
Don't make me quote the old hymn again. Y'all going to jack me up today. Come on, what's the old hymn of the church? Do you pay my bills? Do you pay my telephone bills? Do you pay my? I don't thank you. I don't think you do. Why are we so concerned about persecutors? Why are you asking them if you can be blessed? Why are you asking them if you get, why do you feel bad when God lays his hand on you? That's what the blessing does. That's what the favor of God does. They're working under the curse and you're working under the blessing and you're walking around gingerly. I went into a store one day and this lady said to me and my wife, we got four kids. She said, are all of them yours? I said, yeah, you shouldn't be having none. You ain't married. <laughs> Excuse me. What's, what kind of question is that? I said, what kind of question is that? Are all of them yours? Baby, I can have 16 if I want to. But the righteous people getting in the closet while all the wicked people coming out. Oh, it's good today. I said, this is a good message today. All I'm saying is I wish more Christians would come out of the closet and say that if God be for us, who can, who can? Come on, church. Be against us. So he said, don't worry if they slander you. He said, just don't be an evildoer. But that they may because of your what kind of deeds? Good deeds. What, what do men, who do men say that you are? Do they ever accuse you of being Jesus? Because of your good deeds as they observe them that they may start doing what? Glorifying God in the day of visitation. This is so good. Bible says it so well in the living translation. <clears throat> he says in verse 12, be careful how you behave among your unsaved neighbors. Isn't that good? Somebody say, now that's good. Be, be careful how you behave amongst your unsaved neighbors. Do you know I'm going to add value to that, although I'm not adding value to the word of God, but hear me soberly. You should be careful how you behave amongst your Christian brothers and sisters. Why are thou cast down, O my soul? Hope thou. In God. Do you know you're a testimony to me that God can carry a person through? You know you ought to be strong in the Lord so that I can be strong in the Lord? The Bible says that the strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Let me tell you, when I, you know KCC is in trouble. When I get up here and start crying about, I don't know how we're going to make it. <laughs> Guess what the real members are going to say? Now, Pastor? <laughs> Now, we honor you, sir, but what happened? <laughs> Can I be honest? That's scary. Amen. No, it was when the stewardess lost her composure that the whole plane went buck wild. I still remember all kinds of stuff, coffee flying in the air. Oh, just folks just, oh, God. Are you listening to me? Amen. What would you do, Pastor? Not dying with me on this plane, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me tell you why that plane landed. Boy, they all owe me an offering. Pastor Rogers was on that plane. I wish I had some help. And oh, hallelujah. This plane is not going down while I'm on it. I'm not dying like that. I imagine when I started praying, come on, here go the angels getting under it. <laughs> Scooping that plane up and ushering it down like it should be. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
Your character amongst the world ought to be excellent, but your character amongst Christian brothers and sisters, it ought to be excellent. And people ought not be about to stumble because you don't know how you're going to make it. Come on, take your seat. Is this a good lesson today? Or am I running out on this? Y'all still with me? Amen. He said, make sure your behavior is excellent. Amen. Even if they're suspicious of, uh, of you and talk against you. Somebody say, don't worry about the persecution. Because in the end, vindication and validation, they will end up praising God. How many of y'all know in the end, they're going to be writing you a letter saying, my God, he was with you all along. This is your breakout year. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hey, woo. Do people accuse you of being Jesus? Come on, keep working with that point, Pastor. Uh, let, let's, let's go forth in this thing. Uh, because the outcomes of a Christian should be so victorious that people began to compare your results to that of Jesus. The results that Jesus had in the Bible. Now, so that we are theologically sound, let's just back this up. We don't want to make a doctrine out of something that is unfounded in Scripture. So John 14 and 12 gives it to us so well. Amen. The Bible says, most assuredly, I say to you. The Bible says, he who does what? Believes it. So now what's the key to people accusing you of walking in the same power as Jesus? You got to be a what? Believer. You got to be a person of faith. You got to be a person of faith. Faith does not work when you need to see a result first. You got to be the kind of Christian in 2024, regardless to the kind of news you get, where you say, my God is truly greater than this news. I am a person of faith. The Bible says it so well. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, Shall he what? Am I giving you a good Bible? <clears throat> Shall he do how? Also, and what kind of works? And greater works than these shall he do. Why? Because I'm going to the Father. I wonder what Jesus would do today with your problem. I wonder what Jesus would do today with your mean supervisor. I wonder what Jesus would do today with your unsaved husband. I wonder what Jesus would do today with your health condition. I wonder what Jesus would do today with your financial lack situation. I'm getting ready to show you what he would do because the Bible says, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And I love verse number 14. This messes up all religion. If you ask anything in my name, what does the Bible say? I will do it. These works will you do in greater. And if you ask anything in my name, I will. Pastor, that can't mean anything. Well, you have not read your Bible. Because the Bible says, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you will ask what you will and I will do it. So you never have to be worried about asking something that God doesn't want you to ask when you are abiding in him and he is abiding in you. You are going to ask according to his will. So never pray according to your will when you believe that you receive something that he already told you was his will. He said, if you ask anything. I said, if you ask anything. Yeah. 
What if I want to move out of apartment living in 2024? If you ask. When the Lord told me we would be debt-free last year, we did not have the debt-free money in our savings account. No, 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 no. Amen. But I believed I received when I prayed it in 2022, and that settled it, and I stopped figuring out how it was going to happen. I didn't need to know how it was going to happen. The Bible said by many or by few. And you know what I started doing for the rest of the year? Acting like Jesus. Started walking around talking about it, believing that I received it. Talked about it every Sunday. Talked about it to my friends. Reminded people of the power of God that's on my life. And reminded people of, just like Samuel, how God was not going to allow one of my words to fall to the ground. So if you ask how many things? I said, if you ask how many things? Anything in my name, what's going to happen? I will. Is it God's will? Everybody say, I will. Does God want me healed? Somebody say, I will. Does God want me rich? Somebody say, I will. Does God want me married? Somebody say, I will. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Come on out of Lodabar, bar. Get back up. Come on, dust off your dreams. I believe I receive. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. You want a six-figure salary? I will. I believe. I believe that God is capable. And he's able to give me an anointing to cause blinded eyes to be seen. He's able to give me anointing to walk in power and authority. Are you all enjoying this lesson as good as I am? So now we continue, amen, because we said these works will he do <clears throat> and greater, amen. And this is so profound because, again, the Bible, the Bible, I had a, a visiting brother say something. It was a compliment yesterday, and I enjoyed it. He said, you know, Pastor Rogers, I love your teaching. He said, because you stick with the Bible. That's the highest compliment I could get in preaching, that the things that I'm telling you are not my opinion, but they are the word of God. I'll tell you a story here and there, but you're going to get more scripture than you get stories over here. Because, see, the word is life. The word is spirit. Come on, John 6, 63. The word is what? Spirit. And it is what? It is like if you're glad faith is growing in you. Come on, lift your hand and tell God. Thank you. Faith coming by hearing and what? Hearing by the Word of God. Come on, keep walking through with me. Y'all still with me? Come on, these works will you do and what? Greater work. Come on, 1 John chapter 3. Amen. Verse number 1 through 3. Come on, flip your scriptures. Get in the Word. I love it. I love the sound of flipping scriptures. Amen. Bible said, Behold, what manner of love has the Father bestowed on us that we should be called the what? That we should be called explanation point. The what? Children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us. Because it did not know them. Parenthetically, stop. Do you know you need to stop pleasing the world? They're not going to be satisfied when you get blessed. They're not going to be okay when you progress. All right? They're okay when Mickey Minaj progressed, but they're not going to be okay when you progress. Okay? So don't try to fit in the world's mold. All right? Don't try to be like the world. Our gospel artists blew it when they started singing with Beyonce started singing with the rest of them out there in the world because what you just told the world is is you validate me instead of staying and being light and darkness and saying no you need the God that I serve and come on Prince Whitney and Michael if you don't change real soon come on you're gonna be dead in your 50s what profit a man to gain the whole world and, and but what shall he give in exchange for itself. See, a gospel preacher don't have to exchange nothing for itself. Are y'all with me? 
I'll live long. I'll prosper. I'll do well because I haven't exchanged anything for my soul. The worst thing that can happen to me today is you don't like my preaching, and I don't care. I don't know why somebody would come to my church that don't like my preaching. Are y'all listening to me? That's the worst thing that could happen to me today. Are you with me? Because I'm God's son. Did you hear what I just said? I said, I'm God's son. Well, you need that same swagger, that same confidence, because he said, what manner of love? Everybody say, God loves me. Make it year specific. Somebody say, God loves me in 2024. I'm going to be better than okay in 2024. What manner of love has the Father bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God? Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Come on, teach, Gabe Rogers. Verse number two, beloved, now we are the children of God. Oh, do people ever accuse you of being Jesus? And it has not been yet revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, uh-oh, uh-oh, highlight, underline, highlight, underline. We shall be like him. For we shall see him. Somebody say amen. amen. And because of this Christian character, verse number three, and every man that has this hope that wants to be like Jesus, that wants to go in the rapture, that wants to be one of good Christian character until Jesus comes to get us in the cloud, everyone that has this hope in Jesus purifies himself, cannot be like Jesus, just as he is pure. If you are not striving to be as pure as Jesus, you are falling short of the Christian bar. I didn't say you were going to be pure like him every day. Put some grace in it. But I said, if you're not striving, if you are not attempting to win, I don't like losing. I don't like being out of character. I don't like saying something that even sounds a little distasteful. Come on, KCC. You ever heard me come back a, a Sunday later and apologize for something I said? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you have. That's right. Uh -huh. Because there's nothing in me that ever wants to say something that's perceived wrong and let it linger out there. We call that pride. But I wonder how many of you fix your words. I wonder how many of you go with it no matter what. Because you got to be perceived as a certain way in front of the world. I wonder how many employers and employees in this room today have ever said, ja, 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 less more Jesus. Has the word Jesus slipped out in the break room? Have you ever gone to the break room and said, man, the Lord is good. They just gave us all bonuses, man, and I've been paying my tithes, and if it had not been for the Lord, and oh, I go down there to Kingdom Christian Church, and boy, that's a fiery pastor I got, and man, you need to come. And some of you hang your head on that because you know you're guilty of that because the Bible said it so well. If you are ashamed of me down here, I'm going to be ashamed of you. I wonder how many people are going to hear them say, well done. Those of those of you going to hear him say, I'm ashamed. <laughs> we still talking about, can a man be like Jesus? First John 4 and 17. Somebody say, I want to be like Jesus. Because some of you got excited. You said, well, pastor, that's the rapture. That's when we see him face to face, sir. But you're talking about people accusing us of being like Jesus in this world. So let's clear that up with one more scripture. Let me give you four quick points and let's let you go. Love has been perfected among us in this. 
Are y'all there with me? Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have what, class? Boldness in the day of judgment. I love this. Because as he is, so are we, but we're in heaven. In heaven. In a great getting up morning. In a great beyond. Where? In this world. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth, just like it. So if that's true, why are you losing? <laughs> come on. As he is, so are we. Y'all, this ain't a hoop it out message. We're going to teach this. You still with me? As he is, so are we. Not when I get up. You know I don't need gas money in heaven. I need gas money. I need a good Christian school. I need my kid to get their college fully funded on earth. Come on. I looked at some of the prayer cards, and some of you say, I believe I receive a six-figure salary. Call up the harvest to see something. Decree it. Amen. Don't come over here talking about you believing for a six-figure salary. Amen. You already make $70,000 a year, and you're still putting $5.50 in the offering bucket. It don't work that way. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. You're not tithing, but you believe in for increase? Hmm. Why? Why should God increase you? All teachers, pastor. I like pastoral teaching. Some of y'all just enjoy pastoral preaching. But over here, we're going to give you some pastoral teaching. So can I give you four characteristics of Jesus that every believer should have? And we'll stake our claim there, and we'll get ready to wrap up. Are you still blessed? I want to give you four characteristics uh, 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 that Jesus had that every believer should have. Y'all put them on the screen as we read them. And if you have your Bible divider back at our theme text, because who did Herod, amen, accuse Jesus of being? John the Baptist, which also means he accused John the Baptist of being who? Jesus. But when Herod heard, he said, this is John. When Herod heard of Jesus, he said, this is John who I killed, and this man is so powerful, he's been raised from the dead. Can we stop parenthetically? There were men of God in Holy Scripture that were so powerful, Elijah, that when they threw a dead man on his bones, the man got up. <laughs> Are y'all listening to me? Joseph was so anointed. Amen. That when they got ready to cross over into Israel, they went back and got his bones. Book of Jude, Michael and Satan wrestled for the bones of Moses. I wonder how anointed you are, how in demand you are. I wonder if the devil's still going to be afraid of you when they say, put him six feet on. Oh, hallelujah. He's still somebody. There's still a powerful anointing. Oh, hallelujah. Are you listening to me? And my God, if dead people can be powerful, how much more powerful should you be while blood is running warm in your veins, while you can decree a thing and it should be established? Now, there's some preachers in this room. Anybody that's a gospel preacher in this room, you ever taught a lesson and you knew it was good? Yeah, this one knows for me. Because this thing is blessing me, blessing me, blessing me. See, this is where I'm being expanded this year. I'm, I'm reading my Bible, and I'm saying, what did Jesus do that I didn't do yet? 
That's what I'm doing. I'm saying, what did Jesus make happen that hadn't happened in my, my life yet? I don't boast in this. We give God all the glory. But I, I know of two people that got raised from the dead when I called them back. I know, I know of that. I know ears got opened up in my ministry. I know blinded eyes got opened up. I saw a person take a cast off the Sunday we prayed for them and wear stilettos to the women's fellowship that afternoon. I, I was here for that. Okay, so what I'm doing, First Lady Rogers, is I'm reading my New Testament. I'm reading the red. If you want to know, Pastor, what you doing during these 21 days? I'm reading the red, and I'm starting to say, now, what did Jesus do that I've not accomplished yet? Because, see, he told me these works I would do and greater. What's the greater work? Evangelism. What's the greater work? Amen. Reaching souls. Amen. What's the greater work? Somebody say amen. Jesus didn't have no YouTube. This man turned the world upside down in three years. No television, no YouTube, no Facebook, no telegrams, no QR codes, no electricity. Walking around with a donkey, getting thousands of people saved a day, healing the sick, turning water into wine, multiplying bread, doing all these things. And you over here sad about a job. You don't have a job. What kind of Christian are you? You bow down because you don't have a husband. I, I didn't I didn't have this <laughs> I just want a man. I just want a man. Go win a soul for Jesus. I, I, I will. Can he be the man? Can he be my husband? Can the first person I get saved be my husband? <laughs> I just want a husband. <laughs> what are my kids going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do? Oh, my God. We only have 10 grocery stores on our block. Folk in indigenous cultures, come on, growing their own food in the wintertime. And you're over here worried about, man, the stupidest stuff in the world happens in America. A ravishing disease shows up and people buy up the toilet paper. Now that's just <laughs> dumb as a box of rocks. Just the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, man, if I don't have nothing else, I can wipe. <laughs> we got a stock of that. Can't find no toilet paper. Canned goods and shelves loaded. Food, all the food you need. But, boy, I'm going to get this toilet paper. Dummy, if you don't eat, you won't need toilet paper. <laughs> dum da dum dum I'm so tired of westernized Christianity. It gets on my darn nerves. And forgive me, Lord, if that's the wrong word to use during preaching. See how careful I am? I said I'm tired, though, of westernized, postmodern, weakling Christianity. Get a disciple. Get a disciple. They might not like me. I might ask them to come to Jesus in church, and they may say no. Oh, that's a novel idea. Why are you feeling so hurt when somebody tells you no? Because you're in a like-me culture. So you need to come off all this Facebook, my book, getting affirmation from everybody who should not be. Y'all know I put my shorts up sometimes, and we got a crew that answer those shorts. And I, I love Pastor Ronnie. That's my brother in Lord. He decided to answer one one day, and he said, I, I, love, I love social media experts. That's how he started his answer. And then he biblically put the person in their place, and I love that kind of stuff. But can I make you laugh a little bit? There's nobody that can answer my short that I care anything about their opinion. Like at a certain point, you got to say, now, don't you live with your mama 
in a bedroom with an iPad answering a man of God that has accomplished more than all, your whole lineage? Be quiet. We didn't ask you. Well, I, I just don't think there's a rapture. Right, stay here. Why are we so careful? I don't know about that. Who asked you? Your life is a vapor. You'll be here 10 minutes. <laughs> Somehow I'll be saying earth to earth over you. You'll be out of here, baby. You'll be gone, dead as a doornail. Amen. Lord, delay is coming. There, I want you all to see how just delicate life is. Lord, delay his coming. There is nobody in this room right now as I peruse the room. There is absolutely nobody in this room right now that will be here a mere 90 years from now. Not one person. The only thing you will have left 90 years from now is legacy. And that's putting it mildly. I can go lower. It ain't nobody in this room because the kids are up top. That's going to be here 70 years from now. You're a temporal human being. You don't change the word of God. You don't change what God had to say about it. There were bishops who tried to change the word of God. They're dead today. And God's word is still here. God's word is still standing. God's word is still going to be God's word. God's word, not one jot nor tittle of his word will pass away. Pastor Rogers will pass away one day or the rapture will come back first. And you know what's going to be left? Somebody else will preach it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we need to start humbling ourselves to what Jesus said and get out of this fleshly emotional disposition that makes you so uptight when something happens to you that did not quite go your way. You don't like my teaching, but I do. Somebody say amen to the truth. So there are four characteristics of Jesus, and we're going home. Let me use my little iPad, and let me let the saints go. Four things I want you to take home with you today. Be a little academic. Amen. Relative to the characteristics of Jesus, listen to this, First Lady, that every believer should have. And we're going to end this message with grace. We're not going to leave the babes out, but stay with me. Number one, everybody say power. The Bible says in Mark 6 and 7, the Bible says in the same chapter of our text, that he called the 12. Now we're not talking about Jesus. Now we're talking about his, his, his followers. We're talking about his disciples. Everybody say, that's us. Yeah. Bible said he called the 12 to himself and began to send them out two by two. And I love the first thing he gave them, class. He gave them all power. Amen. What should people be accusing you of now? <laughs> Point number one, power. Power. We should have more power than a little bit. The Bible says in Luke 4 and 14 that Jesus went in power. Put that in your notes. Jesus went in power. Look at that. Then Jesus returned in the what? Power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding regions. Acts 1, 8 through 9 says, you shall receive power. So what should a believer have now, y'all? Power. And let me be compassionate, because I'm not mad at you, but I am going to get you infuriated with how the devil has been dealing with you. Man, you got more power than any matter of the flesh in your life. If you're overcoming a vice, guess what you got? If you got a problem in your life, guess what you got? Power. Power. And some things, Hebrews 2 and 1, we let slip. But we need to go back to speaking the stuff. No, 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 no. You, no, you can't do this here, devil. You can't do, no, not in my house. 
As for me and my house, we are still serving the Lord. You know what we got? We got power. You got authority. You can determine some stuff. You need something? Amen. The world is framed, Hebrews 11 and 6, is framed by your faith. It's framed by what you decree, what you allow. What you allow in, on earth will be allowed in heaven. What you disallow on earth will be what? Disallowed in heaven. So we need to get back to that characteristic that Jesus had. What did Jesus have, class? He had power. That's why everywhere he went where there was a devil, they started acting up. Because Jesus had power. Don't you get off kilter when you get a new job and seemingly all of a sudden everybody get red eyes. That's the power of God that just showed up. <laughs> power of God showed up. If I go to a, a meeting at an office or somewhere and there's a bunch of Jezebels on that job, oh, God, it turns up. People start, oh, yeah, power of God. No, the power of God. Are y'all listening to me? My brother and I were in New Orleans a few years ago, Pastor Rondi. He'll be preaching here soon. And we were down there for a conference. And, man, we was just walking because I think we was going to get some beignets or something like that. And, boy, you know, New Orleans is just witchcraft. Oh, God, that's just what they do. And they had the people down there with the tarot cards and all that kind of good stuff. We started walking down the street. This pale lady was standing out there. I mean, bona fide witch. When she saw the men of God come, she slid right down that alley got out the way because you know it was walking in front of us Paul I know Jesus I know but who are you yo we got authority sleep on this message if you want to but I'm gonna walk in my power I said I'm gonna walk in my power amen there'll be nothing in my life this year that'll keep me down and out and discouraged you know why because I got I got power people said was Jesus ever discouraged he was Yes, he was. Good theology. In the Garden of Gethsemane, did he battle through discouragement? But you know what he did? Within about 10 minutes, he said, nevertheless. Some of you need to get that. Say it out loud. Say, nevertheless. nevertheless. Come on. If you're dealing with something today, say, nevertheless. nevertheless. It's on me now, but nevertheless. nevertheless. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to turn this thing into a great story. A great testimony. If I got to go to the cross for it, I'm going to conquer it, and I'm going to rise from it with all power. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah, he got discouraged, but he beat it real fast. Amen. Shows you the human side, although he did not sin. The Bible said, yet without sin. And some of you get in sin because you just solving discouragement. You four weeks into the same problem. Worrying about if it's going to be okay. But it's already okay. Because you got power is more than a hoop. We enjoyed that last Sunday. That was good. Amen. I enjoyed it. That's how we capped that message off. Power. Hallelujah. We ought to do that sometime. Be reminded of it. But it's more than a hoop. It's an actuality. It's who you are as a Christian. You need a job. Create it. And until then, you'll you'll eat every day. Come on, Ravens. Come on, somebody. Come on. If he got to send it, he'll send it every single day. Because what do you have, class? Which is a good lead-in since he's going to send provision every day. Number two is provision. These are the four characteristics that Jesus had that every believer should have. You guys got 12 minutes? Amen. What did Jesus have? Provision. Now, y'all, if you want to be accused of good preaching, this is the way it should work. Mark chapter 6, verse number 7. He called the 12 to himself, began to send them out how? 
Two by two. What's the first thing he gave them? Power. Power over unclean spirits. But what's the second thing he gave them? He commanded them to take nothing for their journey. <laughs> Do y'all see this? You don't need no bag, no bread, no copper in your money belt. Don't worry about no money. When I called you to be fishers of men, I got enough in my bank account to take care of you for the next three years until I go to my father. Lift your right hand and say, God is my provider. I hope you don't get laid off this year, but let me say it in the beginning of the year. If so, God is your provider. They don't have enough contract work for you. You walk out of there with your head hung high. Come on, tither. Come on, come on, walk out of here. Oh, he's going to open up the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing I don't have room enough to receive because God is my provider. He's your provider of everything you need. You're seeking out a school for your kids. Who provides that? He's your money provider. He's your house provider. He's your clothes provider. The Bible says, doesn't he clothe the naked? He said, consider the lilies. Look at how pretty they are. Yet none of them was arrayed like Solomon. Are y'all listening to me? Amen. If I can take care of a bird and he don't know where he's going to eat the next day, but if I can make sure some seeds just come up out of the ground, how many of y'all know God can make sure that you have everything you need every day of your life? Oh, lift your hand and shout, God is my provider. Man, this is a good lesson today. Yo, what's the first thing he gave them? What's the second thing in the text? Provision. Are we preaching okay today? He said, don't you take no money, boys. And guys, he just hired some rich men. They left their businesses. Are y'all getting this? Y'all, Matthew and them had some money. These guys, man, they, they weren't no, no chip off the old block. Peter and them, we know they had money because the Bible said they had hired servants. You can't have an employee without money. The disciples were not broke. Leave your net. Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. I'll make you much more profitable. Come on, let's close this out. The third thing he gave me, and this is going to be some of y'all's favorite, he gave you peace. Four characteristics that Jesus gave that every believer should have. And I'm going to show it to you, and it's a cross-reference, amen, of the same story. Because he gave the people of God peace. The same storyline, amen. Mark chapter 6 and verse number 11, he said, And whoever will not receive you, nor hear you when you depart from there, what should you do? Shake the dust off from your feet as a testimony against them. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than that city. Same storyline in Matthew chapter 10, verse number 13, and you need to see it. <clears throat> Same storyline. If the household is worthy, let your what? Peace. If the household is worthy, let your what? Peace. Come up on. So that means you should have peace. Pastor, if you go over somebody's house and you're trying to be a blessing, amen, and they're honorable, let your peace come on this house. Bless it. Are you with me? Let your peace come on it. But if the house is not worthy, take your peace. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Take your peace. No, they got prospered under your ministry. That's how they got that job. That's how they got this. That's how they got that. All right, now they start getting in some dishonor. Take your peace. Parents, your kids, everything they have is because you gave it to them. 
All right. So now, if there's anybody that should be stressed out in your house, it sure ought not be the parent. My kids learned that long ago. I said, all right, y'all, I'm getting stressed. Now, look, now y'all know only one of us is going to be stressed at a time. You getting ready to be on lockdown in a way that's so stressful. Can I come out? I'm going to act like I don't hear you. You just stressed out. Sun going down, you still up there. You follow me? There's no sense in you being stressed. There's no sense in you going through. If the household is worthy, let your peace come on it. But if it's not worthy, let it come back to you. Same storyline, verse 14. You still here? And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from that city. Is this the same story? Shake the dust where? Mark doesn't tell you about the peace leaving your house. He simply says, take the dust off your peace. But Matthew tells you. He said, let your peace return to you. You know what needs to happen to many of you in this church today? As of right now, you need to demand that your peace return to you. In fact, I decree it in the name of Jesus, every yoke holding back the peace of God over the people of God's life. I decree Isaiah 10 and 27 that the yokes are destroyed because of the anointing. He will keep you in perfect peace as you keep your mind stayed on him in Jesus' name. Now shout about your peace returning to you. Let your peace come back. Hallelujah. Go to a doctor's appointment, you don't hear something you want to hear. It'd take a minute, might knock you off the horse a little bit, but get back up and let your peace return to you. Hallelujah. Thank God for the medicine until you get healed. Let your peace return to you. Keep living. Hallelujah. They tell you you only got six months to live. Book a vacation 12 months from now. And put a deposit down. And decree to the kingdom of darkness, I will be on that trip in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I will be on that trip in Jesus' name. Let your peace return to you. Are you all still with me? But the fourth one, because I know this message is a little threatening, but this is the right way to close it out, because I don't want you all to miss the trees for the forest or however that slogan goes. I don't want it to get past you, forest for the trees. I want to make sure that I capture everybody in this big net that I just casted. I want to make sure nobody leaves here discouraged, listen to what I'm about to say, saying that the standard of Jesus is too lofty to live up to. Because hope deferred makes the heart sick. So the last thing, and we close with this, that every Christian should have, the fourth characteristic of Jesus, and I promise you everybody not everybody, but many who have preached the life of Jesus skip over this key principle. Holy Ghost gave it to me during a time of prayer, and that's number four. I wanted to use a P word, progress. But the word I'm really harping on is growth. Y'all, Jesus, he grew. He, he, y'all, you might not be there today, but are you? Are you growing? Are you progressing? You are not expected the first day you become a Christian to dot every I and cross every T. You're not expecting the first day you join a word of faith, spirit-filled church to start walking in all of the power in one dosage. But my question is, but are you, are you growing? Are you growing? Are you stagnant, but are you growing? Because the Bible says, everybody says the Bible says. Luke 2.52 says Jesus grew. 
The Bible says Jesus increased. He grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with what? God and man. Man, you used to didn't believe that we could decree healing over people. And then you came to KCC and we read Isaiah 53 and 5 and told you that he was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities, chastisement, his peace was upon you. And with your stripes, he, you are healed. You don't need to walk away from that scripture saying, yeah, but. What's all the yeah, but? Are you? Are you growing? Are you progressing? Are you starting adapting that as right? Man, I don't know about all that offering stuff. They talk about a lot of money over there. But you want a lot of money. So when we tell you 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. And we open up another opportunity for you to sow and you don't get involved. Come on, class. Do you believe the word? Are you? Are you growing? Boy, it's quiet in this room. Whoever abducted my members, <laughs> you give them back right now. Because <laughs> I said, are you growing? Thank you for talking back to me. Are you growing? Yeah. I, 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 I just used to believe. I, you know, don't no man tell me what to do. I just, I just used to believe. But did you read the many book wives? Where the Bible said three times in a row that a wife ought to submit and some of you single women want to get married and you got that strong woman butch spirit on you and that's why you're not going to get married. Mm. Mm. He ain't going to yoke himself up with that spirit and if he do <laughs> you might be a good trophy wife but you might want to look over his shoulder and see where he going. <laughs> Only weak men want dominating women. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if you're a dainty, sweet lady, you don't want no weak man. Yeah. So my question is, but are you, are you growing? You getting any better? Man, you're still on pornography in quarter one? After four quarters of dealing with the same demon? That demon is that strong? Brother, get yourself a wife and grow. Pastor, where you get that progress from? Everybody say, it's in there. Somebody say, it's like ragu. It's in there. Amen. Look at how the disciples grew. We're going home. Verse number 12. So they went out and preached that people should what? Repent. And look at what these boys started doing. Amen. At first, they weren't doing any of this. Up to Mark chapter 6, Jesus is doing all of it. Amen. They are just good students. But now, Mark chapter 6 and beyond, the Bible says they began to cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and the disciples who now look just like Jesus is doing the same thing that Jesus was doing for the last five chapters. If you're glad about being able to cast the devil out, being able to come on, heal the sick, raise the dead, somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody say, I want to be just like Jesus. Come on, somebody say, I'm growing. Amen. You getting better? Was that a good lesson? Amen. Could you accuse me of being like Jesus? Yes, you can. Oh, yeah, you're going to always be able to accuse Pastor Rogers of being like Jesus because I'm going to stay on Jesus' lane. 
gonna keep doing what he's doing. I'm gonna keep pursuing him. Amen. If I don't get it quite right, I'm gonna try and try again. Hallelujah, until I get it right. Somebody say amen. I'm gonna get my best foot forward until I get it right. Oh, hallelujah. Could you be accused of being like Jesus? Herod accused John the Baptist of literally being, or Jesus being, John the Baptist. If he accused Jesus of being John the Baptist, guess what he also did? Accused John the Baptist of walking in the same power. I close with that. Same power. Same power. I want you to leave church today problem free. Did you hear what I just said? Boy, that's an anointed statement. Come on, play softly, boys. I'm done, please. I want you to leave church today problem free. I want you to leave church today not worried about a thing. I want you to leave church today, amen, not bow down about anything. I want you to leave church today knowing that you got more power than any situation in your life. I want you to leave church today knowing that you got provision. I want you to leave church today knowing that you got peace and that you are progressing in God. See, that's the grace point. That's the grace point. You're not going to be Pastor Rogers overnight. You're not going to be this overnight. We look at men like the great Lester Summerall and Oral Roberts and so many others, amen, that could do it. And, and boom, there it was. We're talking about people who just consecrated. Oral Roberts wouldn't even talk to his own wife before preaching. Wouldn't even sit at a table with another human being in many cases. He tapped into the power of God. You got modern day men of God walking amongst you right now. But we are not special in the wrong way. We are special in the right way. Don't misunderstand me. Amen. There is an anointing on a man of God. But we're not special in the wrong way. No, the same work your pastor can do and the power of God. What should you be doing? Better than your pastor. Same power that Jesus had. But man, they're the same peace. <laughs> same peace Jesus had. Man, I'm going to be studying Jesus during my fast. I'm closing. Y'all know Jesus had some peace. I like Jesus. He wasn't like me. I want to be like. I don't want y'all to think I'll lose it if one Sunday you come in and I start throwing tables upside down. You'd be like, oh, he did say he wouldn't be like Jesus. <laughs> Amen. I wouldn't do that. I'm teasing. But Jesus turned over. Right? I won't throw over literal tables, but I have turned over tables in this church before. No, we're not doing that. What's that? Righteous indignation come over me. Are you listening to me? I want to be like, I want to be like Jesus. Do you want to be like Jesus? Is this a boring message or should this, is this what Christians? Oh, that grace message that messed so many of you up. I apologize on behalf of all those pastors that just taught y'all to be so weak. Grace, grace, just, just weak. You don't ever have to take responsibility for nothing. You never have to grow up. You never have to become anything. You never have to determine that enough is enough. I want to apologize to you for the hyper-grace movement. Because now what the body of Christ groomed was a bunch of babes. Just get the spiritual pacifiers out. Because no one can make it within a one-week period of church. But if you start learning separation from the world, the word of faith, comprehensive Christianity, 
that we've been preaching for years and you linger around that and you get on this appetite, guys, I'm telling you, and I heard it during the presentation that the team gave this morning. I guarantee you, y'all, they were talking about me. You will have a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Can I just tell you a story as we wrap up? Man, if I listened to every scrutinizer that came through when we were building a home for unwed moms, the letters that came, the words that came, boy, I'd have been a basket case. I didn't pay those people no mind. Who are you paying attention to? Boy, yeah, Brian, please play softly. We're going home. I want to pray for some people today. You don't know Jesus? Come on down. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. We're going home, please. You don't know Jesus? Come on.